Okay, it's good to have you back. I believe that you had a good time in praise and worship, that you really met God right there in your living rooms. I also believe that very soon we can come back together in the church. So we are looking forward to it. So just keep your eyes and your ears open for the announcements when we are going to come back for the normal services in the main church. But before we get into the word this morning, let's just pray and ask God to open our hearts. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you want to speak to us this morning. And I ask that you open our hearts and our minds that we'll be able to receive what you want to speak to us. Use your word to change us from the inside out. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, we have concluded the last uh, sermon series that I have been preaching about behind closed doors. And now, just like in real life, the MCO is pretty much lifted. It is still a little bit in effect, but most people are back to work. Schools are opening up. Everything is kind of getting back to normal. The new sermon series that I'm going to start today is more than meets the eye. What we're going to do is we're going to take scriptures that we are very familiar with. I don't want to be presumptuous, but if you have been a Christian for a little while, have been coming to church, listening to sermons, you are probably familiar with the scriptures and the passages that we're going to talk about, but we're going to try to understand it from a different perspective. Look at it from a different angle and see what God wants to speak to us, because that is what the Word of God is. It is active, it is alive, and every time you read something that you have read 10, 20, 100 times before, God can all always speak something new to you. Amen. So I believe God will speak to you this morning, even through a scripture and a passage that we are very familiar with, just so that everyone was on the same page. We know that the people of Israel were slaves in Egypt. The Pharaoh who came into power was a very evil man. And he decided, you know what? The Israelites are getting too numerous, too plentiful. So he decided that they're going to kill all the babies and throw them into the Nile River. Moses' mother made a little basket, put him inside the basket, put him in the Nile. And of course, we know it went right to the, to the palace on Pharaoh. The daughter found him, decided to raise him as his own. Now, because of a mistake he did, and he, he killed one of the Egyptian slave drivers, he had to flee and run away from Egypt. Now, 40 years later, he was still tending the sheep of his father and Lord Jethro. And while he was in the wilderness tending to the sheep, he saw a bush on fire. He saw that the bush was not consumed by the fire. So he went a little bit closer. God spoke to him and called him to go into Egypt and to bring his people out of slavery and into the promised land. And with that, now we're going to pick up right there. And that is in Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it onto the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. And he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out, took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Now, before we read the scripture, and I would have asked you, what do you think about if you hear the character of Moses from the Bible? 
You probably have said, okay, maybe the Ten Blakes, maybe parting the Red Sea, maybe the Ten Commandments. All these are very big things. Or maybe you would have even said the burning bush. And all that is good. But today we're going to take a look at this scripture we just read from a different perspective. Not the presence of God in the burning bush. Not about Moses, how he responded to God by his calling. But we are going to look at the staff of Moses. Because he brought the staff. That's why God said, what do you have in your hand? It's a staff, Moses said. And by that, God made the staff a symbol of his presence. Because God in his wisdom knew, if I just show up only one time in Moses' life, it is not going to be enough. He needs a constant reminder of my presence. So he made something that was ordinary extraordinary which, which now became the symbol of God's presence and I am here to tell you this morning that we have the presence of God in our life in our everyday life not just once a week not just when we come for cell group not when we come for Bible study not when we come for church or church meetings we have the presence of God with us continually Wherever we go, we can be assured that the presence of God is going with us, that we have him right there. And we have to remind ourselves that his presence is with us. So in this scripture, God gave Moses the staff as a symbol of his presence that Moses from now on would always remember when he looked at his staff, God's presence is with me. Oh, God has still a plan and a purpose for me. Oh, I still have a destiny to fulfill. So that later on when he was out of the presence of God, out from the burning bush, that he would always remember, hey, the staff, remember what happened. God's presence is with me. The staff represented the presence of God. And we can have the same presence of God in our life. We live in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, and even more than that, we have the Holy Spirit living with us. He can give us the assurance that God is with us, that His presence is always there, that we don't have to rely on our own understanding, but that He is always with us. Amen? Amen. I believe that is an awesome word and it's so encouraging. But if you look in the scripture, of course, we know how Moses responded. He said, hey God, I think you have someone, uh, you have mistaken me with someone else. I don't think that you can use me. And so he was quick to say, God, I cannot. God, you have the wrong guy. I don't know how to speak. God, you must look for somebody else. But God said, no, I have a destiny right for you. See, self-doubt was Moses' limitation. He limited himself by thinking, this is it. I was brought up in the palace. I had everything going for me. That was my destiny to bring the people out. But I killed someone. I made a mistake. And by that, that's it. God is finished with me. There's no more hope. There's no more destiny. But 40 years later, God shows up in the wilderness and says, Moses, I still have a plan for you. Your destiny is still very much alive. Your destiny is still very much on your life. And you have to go back and bring the people out. See, the thing is, I believe the 40 years in the wilderness could have been avoided. He made a mistake. He went out, he got angry, he killed someone. And because of that, he had to run away. And 40 years later, God says, hey, I still have a destiny for you. The destiny that I always had on your life, it is not finished, it is not over. 
only because you made a mistake doesn't mean that now the destiny that you have on your life is no more. And that is good news for us this morning, isn't it? That even when we make mistakes, the destiny that God has for our life is still very much alive. And God wants to bring us to a place where we say, God, I want to fulfill that destiny. No matter what happened in the past, no matter what happened right here around the corner in my home or in my life, in my marriage, in my children, in the situation that I'm in, God, you still have a plan. You still have a purpose and a destiny for me. Use me so that I can really fulfill it to the fullest. Because I believe that is what God is looking for, a willing heart. Now see, self-doubt was Moses' limitation. My question to you this morning is, what is it in your life that you say, I am not enough? Maybe I don't have what it takes. Maybe God has to find someone else, but not me. What is it that holds you back? What is it where you limit yourself what is it where you say, I'm not sure if God can really use me? Because let me assure you this morning, no matter what it is, no matter where you don't feel adequate, God has a plan, He has a purpose, and He wants to fulfill it through your life. So don't disqualify yourself. Just as Moses gave excuses and said, God, this cannot be it. You have to look for someone else. God said, no, I have called you. And this morning, God is calling you to say, you know what? You have the plan. You have a purpose on your life. And I have a destiny placed on you. The only thing that God needs from us is our agreement. To say, yes, God, I want to be used by you so that I can fulfill the destiny that I have. But pastor, you know what? Maybe you don't understand. I lost my job. Pastor, you don't understand my children, even though I tried to bring them up in church. They're now all over the place doing their own thing. You know what? All that one, may it as it be, God has still a purpose for you. God is still in control and God is not finished. God is not finished. Moses thought, 40 years I'm already here in the wilderness, 40 years in the desert just tending sheep, but God was not finished with him. He said, no, I have a plan, I have a purpose. And in the same way, God has still a plan for you, for your life. And we only have to say, God, use me. So I want you to know this morning, where you feel that you are not enough, remember that the presence of God is with you. Remember that God is right there. Now God knew Moses needed a constant reminder that his presence was still there. But we know we are living in the new covenant. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. And that is the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who lets us experience God. So we can be assured that no matter what we are going through, the presence of God is right there. So if you are in a situation where you don't feel that you are enough, Remember the presence of God. If you are in a situation and you don't know what's going on with your children, remember God's presence is right there. It's nearby. The presence of God is already with you. If you have lost your job, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Know that God's presence is right here. If you don't know what's going on in your marriage, you don't know what's happening, know that God's presence is right here because He is near us. 
James 4 verse 8 says, if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. That is a promise of God that we can stand on. So God's presence, and it's, it's not somewhere far away. It is not in a religious activity that we do. The presence of God is wherever we are. And isn't that encouraging to know? The thing is, very often, we just don't remember it. Very often, we are not aware of it. You know what? I go to the gym, and before MCO, I, I went very regularly. So Joanna bought for Christmas a new pair of headphones. And I love those things. And I used it every day when I went to the gym. Then MCO happened. All of a sudden the gym was closed. I couldn't go back. So no matter how much I loved my headphones, they were in my gym bag for three months. Because at home I didn't have any use for them. I didn't, I'm not sitting around just listening to music on the couch or what. So I had a great use in the gym. But then when the MCO happened, they were just in my bag. Now, I didn't love my headphones any less, but I was just not really aware of it anymore because I had no use for it. So I forgot about it until now, two weeks ago, the gym opened up again. I went back to the gym. Now I'm using my headphones every day again for one hour. <laughs> See, it's not that I loved or that I didn't like my headphones anymore, but because circumstances changed, I was just not really thinking about it anymore. And very often in our life, we can come into a situation where circumstance change and something is happening that we lose track of the presence of God. It's not that we don't believe he is there. We are just not thinking about it. So whatever you are going through, good or bad, nice or ugly, whatever it is, what you are going through, remember that the presence of God is right there with you. The second thing that we can learn is that his presence is enough. His presence is enough. Exodus 4.2, uh, it says, what do you have in your hand? What do you already have? What is right there in your hand? God said, okay, I will use that to show my power. What you already have in your life is enough for God to show you his power. If you say, oh, I need patience in my life. Oh God, I am so impatient. I lose my temper all the time. You know what? What you have inside is already enough. What you already have in your life is already enough. Because when God comes into the picture, he will use whatever you have right there. He asked Moses, what do you have in your hand? It's a staff. Okay, I will use that to show my power. Question this morning to you is, what do you have in your life? Maybe something that you were held so dearly before, but now you kind of lost hope. Maybe something that before you believed, yes, I could do it, but now you're not so sure anymore. It might be your career, it might be your children, it might be your marriage, it might whatever you want to fill into the blank there. Whatever we are going through in our life with God, it is enough. Because he can really show up in our life in a powerful way and he can do something that is extraordinary. God used something that was so ordinary to make it so extraordinary. The staff that Moses was using for 40 years, he was so familiar with it that Moses would not even think of that to become a symbol of God's presence. But that is exactly what God used. The question is, what are you so familiar with in your life? 
What can God use that you would not even think about or not even imagine that God could use to bring a breakthrough in your life that you have not seen before? Because before God, all things are possible. When I went to Africa on that mission trip, I met a pastor called Pastor Shagesh. And after a while, we were working together, he opened up and he told me his testimony. Now, back in the days, now we're talking about 30, 40 years ago, there was a communist gov government in Angola, and they declared war on religion, on Christianity. And they said, you know what, within our lifetime, with the dictator said, within my lifetime, I will eradicate the Christians from all of Angola. So they went really after the Christian and especially the pastors. So of course, one of the, one of the days, they arrested Pastor Shagesh and he was put in prison and he was tortured and they always tried to get him to renounce their faith so that they can release him. But he was very faithful and he refused to give up. So they said, okay, you know what, since you are not willing to uh, renounce Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're gonna be executed. So he had to go outside to the prison yard and dig his own grave. And then they sent them back and said, tomorrow, if you have not renounced Jesus yet, we're going to kill you. So at night, he said he was sitting in there and he was so fearful. Now, not so much fearful for his life, but fearful for his family. Who's going to take care of the wife and the children and the church that he planted and all the Christians that relied on him, on his guidance, on his preaching, on his counseling? He was so afraid and so fearful for them more than for himself. But he said while he was praying about all these things, God's presence came into his cell and he felt such a peace in his heart like he had never felt before. And he just knew it is going to be all right. Even if I die for Jesus Christ, God is all powerful so he can provide, he can take care of whatever I leave behind. So he slept like a baby. <laughs> Imagine that. The day before your execution, the night before your execution, you can sleep like a baby. But he was there. The next morning, they took him out, uh, about to take him out to the courtyard to execute him. And then the news broke. They released all the pastors and all the Christians. Just like that, from one day to the next, everyone was free. But the thing is, the point that I'm, I'm trying to make here is, he said that when the presence of God came in, he had such a peace in his heart. He just knew that everything is going to be all right. Now, he didn't know that he would survive, but he knew that God is all powerful, that even if he is taken out of this world, that God would still go on and fulfill his destiny with all the other people there. See, the presence of God can make all the difference. Now, in, his, in that night in that cell, the peace that came in did not change the situation, did not change the circumstance. But he had such a peace that you could just sleep. And that is sometimes what it is. Only because we have the presence of God doesn't mean that our circumstances change overnight. It doesn't mean that everything is now taken care of. Everything is wonderful. But uh, our peace, our attitude, the way that we respond to those situations can be completely changed and transformed. Because God's peace can come in. Amen. And that is what the power of God's presence is all about. That he can change maybe not our circumstances immediately, but he can change our attitude. He can change our outlook on life. He can change everything that we will feel inside. 
And that is the presence of God. So whatever we are going through, even good things, even nice things, be aware that God's presence is there and that His presence is nearby and that His presence is enough. When we have God on our side, we have all that we need. Amen? Now the third thing that we can learn from this story is, is that God's presence will make a way. God's presence will make a way. Now again, Exodus 4.2 says, Then the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? And he said, It's a staff. See, something that was so ordinary, God made it extraordinary. Now I went into the original, and I looked at a word that is described in English as staff in the Hebrew. And there it is, mate. Mate means a staff, a rod, nothing extraordinary something simple something that people used all the time so it was just something normal exodus 4 verse 2 but then god shows up asked him to throw it onto the ground became a snake he picked it up he it went back into a staff but from now on when god or somebody refers to the staff is not only mate anymore it's not only staff anymore but if you look into exodus 4 20 it is now the staff of god Something that was so ordinary, something that was nothing special about Moses has been using that staff for probably 40 years. I mean, he was only human. We don't like change, right? So he probably, one of the times he came across a nice little piece of wood, he made it into a nice staff and he got so used to it. So that was his favorite staff. He would not change it for anything. He it was with him all of the time. But it was so, he was so familiar with it. It was so normal, it was so ordinary that he could have never thought that God would make it something extraordinary. But see, when the presence of God confronted that stuff, now it became a snake, it became a staff again. It was no longer something ordinary. From now on, the staff was always something extraordinary. And when they went to the Pharaoh, the same thing happened again. Threw it on the ground, turned into a snake. And then later on, it turned the Nile River blood red. Then after they went out of Egypt, they come to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army is right behind. What did our God ask Moses to do? Lift up the staff. The presence of God made a way through the Red Sea. The power of God. See, the staff was no longer ordinary anymore. God used it numerous times. Later they went through the desert. The Israelites said, oh, we need water, we need water. Then God said, okay, take the staff and strike this rock and water will come out. Moses did and water came out. See, the presence of God brought provision. The presence of God brought a way of escape. The presence of God was manifested powerfully and brought whatever was necessary in the situation that they were going through. My point to you this morning is, if we have the presence of God with us, whatever we need can be met. Whatever provision that we need, God can provide. Whatever we need to see in our life, God can show it to us by His presence. He takes something that is so ordinary and makes it extraordinary. So I want you to know that you are extraordinary. Come on, turn to your neighbor socially distant, socially aware, tell your neighbor, you are extraordinary. <laughs> yes, you are extraordinary. Not because of who you are, not because of 
from what family you come from, not from what heritage or what culture, what country you come from. You are extraordinary because you have the presence of God with you. See, before that, Exodus 4 verse 2, it was called mate, which means rod or staff. Exodus 4.20 is now mate Elohim. It's the staff of God. See, when the presence of God came in, an ordinary staff turned to the staff of God. And that is very true in our life. If we have the presence of God come into our life, something that is ordinary can become extraordinary. Something that is normal can become special. Something that you have never even thought would be possible now becomes possible because the presence of God is with us. See, that makes all the difference. Now, without the presence of God, the staff would just be a staff. But because the presence of God was there, the staff now became the Mate Elohim, the staff of God. And so when God's presence comes into our life, it is not just us that we represent. Now we become representatives of Jesus Christ, representatives of God. So we can carry the power of God. We can carry the wisdom of God. We can carry the goodness of God in our life. And that is enabled us because we have the presence of God in us. The presence of God takes something ordinary and makes it extraordinary. That's why you and I are extraordinary. You know what I remember? In our area in Germany, we have a very famous drink. Whenever you go to a pub, you can order a kalda Kaffee. Kalda Kaffee translated means cold coffee. So if you go to a pub and you, you order in our region a kalda Kaffee, they will not bring you a cold coffee, okay? They will bring you a mixture of half beer and half Coca-Cola. Nice. I love it. But you know what? It was very common. Every pub would have it. Everywhere you go, you can order it. It is very uh, nothing special at all. Everybody knows about it. Everybody has it. Every pub has their own little thing. It's always beer and Coke. But then there was one beer brand which decided, you know what? We're not going to just sell whatever. We're going to mix it and we're going to launch a new drink called Mixery. And the big advertising was half beer, half Coke, plus a special ingredient. Now people went berserk. People bought it and it tasted different. It was still the same thing, but the extra ingredient made it taste extra special. And because people didn't know what it was, there was this great mystery. Okay, what is the mystery ingredient? So people bought it, people liked it, and they made millions and billions in sales. Because they put something in that made something that was ordinary before extraordinary. Now people, years and years later, they never gave away what was the secret ingredient, but people believe it was a little bit of a lemon and cinnamon. But it was never really confirmed. But see, the thing is, it was something that was everybody was familiar with. Everybody knew about it. It was not special. But they added something in there to make it extraordinary, to make it special. I will tell you a secret. What we have in our life, the presence of God, makes us special. 
That is exactly what sets us apart from anybody else. It is not because we are so good looking. It is not because we are handsome or not because we are such good people. It is not that we have such a good character. What really sets us apart is the presence of God in us. And like we said, the presence of God is right there wherever you are. And it can turn something so ordinary into something extraordinary. So be aware that you are a carrier of God's presence. That when you go out into the world, that people will see something different in you. And that is the presence of God. So hold up your head high. Go out into the world. Take the world, the brave new world. Now everything has changed a little bit because of the whole COVID-19 situation. But we can walk into the future uh, being aware of God's presence, knowing that we can take whatever comes along our way, not because of we, not because of us, but because of the presence of God in us. So be representatives of God, be carriers of God's presence, go into the world and make sure that people see God's presence in your life. Amen? Because I know God wants to be experienced. He wants to give you His presence. He wants to really show up in your life more than ever before. And I'm not saying only if you're in a bad situation do you need the presence of God. No, be aware of His presence even if everything goes well. Even if everything goes great. Be aware of His presence. Because people will look at you differently because you have the presence of God in your life. Amen. Come on, let's rise to our feet and pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you have a plan, a purpose and a destiny for each and every one of us. I just come before you and I ask that we will become aware of your presence, that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are right there with us, that we will focus on you again, that we will not leave your presence out of the picture, but that we are so aware of you, of your presence in our life, that we know you are right there in the situation that we are walking in, in the situation that we might not even understand, but we know your presence is with us and your presence can make something that is ordinary into something extraordinary. And so we ask that you will come in with your presence into every aspect of our lives, every area of our lives, that your presence will come in more than ever before, that we can see you move and really work in our lives, oh God. We thank you that we can go out, be carriers of your presence and know that you are so good to us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. God bless you. We love you guys. You know what? Be carriers of God's presence. With that, have a great week, and we see you soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of this session. I hope you found the word as amazing and illuminating as I did. Remember, we have Kids Alive right now going on at Zoom, and... We have Bible studies every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Until then, I'll see you around. Take care of yourself. Have a great day.